Hello and welcome to Warning Track here in Holden Hall, beautiful East Lansing, Michigan. Here in this podcast, we're going to talk everything Spartan baseball. My name is Zachary Barnes. I'm here with Michael Epps. How you doing? And we're going to give you a little season preview on what's going on with Spartan baseball. They have their first game this Friday. Um, they won't be back here in East Lansing until March 23rd. We're going to give you a little heads up, what's going on, who all left. And yeah, so we'll take it away. And we're going to actually start with all the guys that left. Michigan State had a record eight guys get drafted last year. And actually, that's the most since 1966 when they had seven get drafted. Cam Gibson getting drafted in the fifth round. That was the highest since Bobby Malik, who was drafted by the Mets in the fourth round back in 2002. And Michael, I'm going to run down a list of all the guys we lost. And uh, just tell me how much of an impact you think it's going to have. We had Cam Gibson go to the Tigers in the fifth round. Ryan Krill to the Yankees in the ninth round. Anthony... Misowitz to the Mariners in the 18th round. Cam View, who actually stayed, was drafted in the 19th round. Jeff Kinley uh, to the Marlins in the 28th. Mick Van Vossen to the Nationals in the 28th as well. Blaze Salter to the Tigers in the 31st. Mark Weist to the Giants in the 37th round. And Anthony Checky actually signed a minor league deal with the Arizona Diamondbacks. We also lost Ryan Richardson, Connor Moore, Johnny Nate, Hunter Smith, and Chase Toth. Six of these guys were everyday starters. So we lost a lot of meat in this lineup, Michael. Uh, what do you think that means for Michigan State going forward? Well, Cam Gibson was drafted first out of the list you just mentioned, but I think the biggest impact is going to come from Ryan Krill. He was a huge part of the lineup last year and actually had a 19-game hitting streak going into the end of the season. He's going to be hu- a huge loss for the team. He was a big boost in the batting average, the RBIs. He just really helped out the team overall. Yeah, and it's it's hard for any team to really bounce back from losing that many starters, and that's why I, I look at the Big Ten projections, and they projected Michigan State to finish six in the Big Ten. And I, that might even be generous in my opinion. I don't know how you come back, lose that much offense. Michigan State's strong suit hasn't been offense anyways. Uh, they had 321, last, 30, 321 runs last year, which was 96 in the nation. So pitching is more of their strong suit. Luckily for them, Cam View, who did get drafted by the Tigers, hometown team, uh, decided to come back to school. So that's really going to be crucial down the road. But uh, the beauty is we will have a lot of transfers coming in. Um, here's just a list of transfers you, for you. We have Jordan Zimmerman, uh, not to be mistaken with the Jordan Zimmerman on the Detroit Tigers, the starting pitcher, but Jordan Zimmerman from Mesa Community College in Arizona will be playing second base for us this season. We have Matt Byers from Heartland Community College in Illinois, Taylor Grace, an outfielder from Citrus College in California, uh, Ethan Landon, a right-handed pitcher out of Kansas State. He pitches freshman year there. And we have Chris Simonton. And he actually has an interesting story. He's a utility player. He can play all around the diamond. Uh, he's from Akron University, and he's a senior. And uh, his program was actually disbanded at Akron. Our, our, our Impact's own Matt Micah is actually doing a feature on that. So uh, be looking out on the website for that one. But uh, I do have a quote from an interview, also from a fellow Impactor, Brett Cast, who did an interview with Jake Boss Jr. Um, and he said those junior college guys are going to see a significant amount of playing time um, any of those junior college guys, uh, the transfers stand out to you, Michael? Well, I mean, Jordan Zimmerman looks to be a huge part of the team. It's really exciting to just look at the work that he's had in college and even in high school. He's just been an absolute monster. And, and you need that it's really back. Exactly. It's really exciting to have him come on the team, especially just as we talked about. They just lost so much power, and Jordan Zimmerman is going to be able to replace some of that power. Assistant coach Graham Sykes said Jordan Zimmerman is a dynamic player. He can hit for average as well as power and can run. 
as well as anybody. He was named actually the MVP of his junior of the Junior College World Series, so that's a little exciting stuff for him to come all the way from out west out here to uh, play some northern baseball. But like you said, replacing that power of Ryan Krill is really going to be tough. Um, and just to compete in the tough Big Ten, Illinois was solid last year. Maryland's going to be good. Indiana. So we're really, really going to have to claw some wins out of these guys to uh, to eventually, hopefully, take that Big Ten. Um, now let's talk about a little about how we're going to replace that offense. We've already kind of got into it. How do you replace six everyday starters? Um, I mean, you lose your your leading double-digit double guys. So you lose Mark Weiss, who had 19. Ryan Krill had 13 doubles. Blaze Salter, 13. Cam Gibson, 10. Not a single other player on the team had double-digit in the doubles category. There was Chad Ross Kelly, the redshirt freshman. He had eight, um, which ranked fifth on the team. But, uh, you know, and you've, you've mentioned homers. We lost Krill, who had 13. And then Weist and Salter had six as well. So we're losing a lot of power. Um, just I a lot of offense. Sorry to interrupt. Just no, a lot go of, ahead. Just a lot of offense in general. Just 27% of the team's RBIs and 24% of the team's total hits are even coming back. You're losing just a ton of offense That's crazy. There. Only a quarter of the offense is coming back, essentially. A quarter. So, I, I, you know, coming back from that is really going to be tough, and it's really going to be a pitching-reliant team. And Jake Boss Jr., uh, head coach, or manager, my bad, uh, made that pretty clear. You know, this is going to be a team that's going to rely heavily on pitching, and he put it, he put it in the interview with uh, Brett Cast that he's, they're essentially going to just have claw-out runs. The pitching will keep them in the game, and if you could just fight for two, three runs, uh, get some of those runs across the board, that's really going to help. And another thing that stands out to me is, you know, why I'm, I'm kind of doubting finishing six in the Big Ten is lack of senior leadership. Um, I don't know your thoughts on this, Michael, but, you know, we only have three seniors. One of them just came to this school. That's Simonson from Akron. We have Justin Hovis, who was limited to only three at-bats last year, and P.J. Nowak, who didn't even appear in the stat sheet. So, I mean, what does senior leadership mean to you as a successful team? Yeah, it's very important. It's, it's actually very underrated. The seniors and even the juniors are really who keep the team together. They keep the hold, and when things get rough, you know, they keep it all together in the locker room. It's going to be really tough to not have that leadership there. You talked about it, and also, you know, even in the pitching staff, we're going to talk about the pinch, pitching staff later, but there are just only three juniors, um, only three junior pitchers, and no senior pitchers. You know, there there's just a really... Yeah, this is a just sophomore a very, heavy and junior heavy team for sure. Right, very young team, and it's going to be interesting to see. And it, it and it's interesting to say, uh, it's actually, I thought this was a funny quote from uh, Boss Jr., but uh, he's taking a, a page out of Izzo's playbook that uh, he talks about a player-coach team. But uh, to me, I think that's just, I don't know, a little silly with a team that doesn't have any seniors. Um, so it's really, you know, that mental toughness of a young player to come, you know, at least we have some transfers who have some experience uh, getting those guys in. But uh, you're right, you know, it is an underrated concept. Um, but, yeah, did you want to talk a little about the pitching? Uh, pitching really, like I mentioned, is going to be the key for this team. Uh, what do you think about that, Michael? Pitching is really the the bright spot that we're looking to coming into this season. You know, we talked about the hitting, and it's it's a real fuzzy area. You know, most of the starters left, and we're not really sure what the lineup is going to look like, but we do have a pretty good idea of the pitching rotation, and the head of that is definitely going to be Cam View. Mm -hmm. He's a lefty starter, a redshirt junior. He could have gone to the Detroit Tigers, but he decided to stay and come back for his junior season, and we'll see what he does after this year because 
it looks like he's going to have a fantastic season. He led the team in starts with 15, and you know he led the team in innings, innings pitched, and also strikeouts. You know he, he was eighth in the Big Ten with 71 strikeouts. So that's definitely a really high point. And there wasn't as much lost in the bullpen. Uh, we did lose our main closer, Jeff Kinley. He was the all-time saves leader at MSU, actually, with 20. Oh. Um, but Joe McBee is actually going to be uh, coming into the closer role, and you know he's definitely going to be... Yeah, a big part of the team. But I thought this was interesting, actually, because uh, Borkovich as well, uh, Walter Borkovich, 30 appearances out of the bullpen last year. And it's really interesting, actually. He was named, uh, as of right now, the Sunday starter. So uh, you mentioned Joe Mockby. He's going to be that closing guy. He's announced as a closer right now. And they totally took uh, Borkovich out of what he's used to. And he's going to be get thrown into that starting role rather than being that uh, late-inning guy for them. Yeah, and he was strong out of the bullpen. He actually you know, had a 3-0 record, a 2.73 ERA out of the pen. You know, he held opposing hitters to a 185 average. That's really strong. And we'll see if that can translate to a starting pitcher role because it's, it's definitely so a tough transition from relievers to starters. It's a completely different ballgame. Definitely. And I think Jake Boss Jr. was smart in getting a lot of his younger guys some innings. So, you know, we mentioned this is a young team. You know, a lot of juniors, a lot of sophomores. Um, let's just, you know, you had Alex Troop. Keegan Barr, Andrew Gonzalez, Dakota Meccas, Brandon Hughes, all guys that got some innings last year, all as freshmen. Even if it was, you know, just was a few starts for some of them, a few appearances out of the bullpen, that's going to be crucial, though, p- pitching at that next level. And that's why I think pitching is really going to dominate. These guys have already been, been on the big stage. They went to the Big, Turn- big Ten tournament and pitched there. Um, so, you know, you know, making up for that lack of hitting, really, with the pitching and you know, they kind of built their own experience. You know, yeah, you may not be experienced in age, but you're already getting those innings as a freshman, and I think that's really going to be key. Uh, the team finished 80th in Team ERA last year, which isn't too bad. You know, there's hundreds and hundreds of schools out there. So they're definitely going to be looking to build off that. Um, anything else you'd like to add about pitching? Yeah, um, it's it's going to be interesting to watch the games, really, because last year was so exciting with hitting. But, you know, the McLean Stadium uh, – spectators might be might get a little bored out there because it's going to be a pitching duel you know the offense is not going to score many runs and the pitching definitely will not give up many runs so it'll be interesting to see the the difference this year with this team and another guy I like to mention for the pitching staff so we mentioned Cam View is going to be the Friday guy Uh, Walter Borkovich is going to be the Sunday guy Uh, right in the middle there is actually Ethan Landon from Kansas State Uh, he was a freshman that pitched there and uh, he transferred here sat out last year now he's going to get that nod um Get the nod as the Saturday guy and, uh, you know, pitching in that Big 12 ball, bringing that to Big 10, and hopefully we can get some solid innings out of, out of him. Yeah, you talked about it earlier. The transfers are really exciting. It's it's going to be great. You know, as we talked about, there's such a big loss. There are so many guys that we have lost this year, and there's going to be a lot of young guys. But I think that the young guys are going to look to these transfers as more of you know, a leadership and a mentoring role. You know, Ethan Landon, you talked about, he didn't pitch – too much with Kansas State. He only pitched there one year, and um, you know he did pretty good out of the bullpen. But he's going to be, you know, a main guy in the starting rotation. Yeah, he's moved and, right to that starting and, role, and that could, you know, that could he could get shell shocked from it, or he could, you know, perform well. Right, and we talked about Jordan Zimmerman earlier on offense. You know, we also didn't mention that he's a real threat on the base paths too. He he had over 20 steals last season, so it's going to be interesting to see where those transfers fit in with the original guys that came in. Yeah, but transfers are key, and that's good that Boss Jr. went out and got those guys. Because when you lose so many, just so many names to the MLB draft, and just so many, so many of your key components of last year, you you got to get those guys who have experience. It's hard to be freshman and reliant. Um, we're relying a lot on sophomores, 
uh, pardon, not we, uh, the Michigan State baseball team is relying a lot on uh, those sophomores. Those really, and you know, Jake Boss says there's a lot of really unknowns going into that lineup. Um, you know, there's some guys set that are planning to start. Um, you know, we have, I believe, Royce Ondo and uh, Corey Young are set to be the shortstop position. Uh, at third, you have Justin Hovis, who really just, even as a senior, doesn't have a lot of experience. And then you have uh, Marty Bacina, the new freshman, who will, uh, will also be penciled in at the third base position. position. Uh, first base, you're looking at Zach McGuire and Alex Troop, who both have a few at-bats under their skin. Um, and Jordan Zimmer at that second base position. But, I mean, you're, you're losing, you know, Mark Weiss, Ryan Krill, and Ryan Richardson in that infield that started 164 games during their MSU career. You know, bouncing back from that is, yeah, it's not an easy thing to do. And, you know, we've touched a lot on pitching, and there's a lot going into that, and that's going to be Jake Boss's M.O. too is really, you know, you know, he says that bullpen's always one of the tougher things to work out. Just ask the Detroit Tigers. But um, he's hoping, you know, a month in the season he can really, uh, when Henning's not there, he can turn to those pitchers. Yeah, and I just want to talk real quick. You know, if anyone can handle this, this tough task that they have ahead of them, it's Jake Boss. He's done an incredible job as the coach so far. He's mm -hmm. been, he's just finished up, he's going into his ninth year here at the school. Yeah. Um, and he's been great, you know, back-to-back -back Big Ten tournament appearances. And, you know, he's, he's done a great job turning this program around from really from the depths of the Big Ten oh, to yeah. on the verge of an NCAA tournament appearance. And I know he's had, he's had a couple of those already, but I think that, you know, it may not happen this year, but he has a really good group of guys that can really take him places in the next couple of years. The expectations are still high, though, and, you know, they're still frustrated from last year. They were tied for third in the Big Ten and a 14-10 and 10 conference record, um, and they still didn't get that at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. And, you know, he mentioned in the interview with Brett Cass that there's a chip on his shoulder from last year, and not getting that at-large bid, you know, hurts. And, you know, youth isn't an excuse in Jake Boss Jr.'s eyes. You know, he's been here, and he expects greatness now in his nine years here, and they want that that at-large bid. Um, we're going to finish up there, though. Um, we're going to end with some rapid-fire questions before we go into the season. The se the, not the season preview, but the weekend preview, the teams in Greenville, South Carolina. But first, we're going to ask some rapid-fire questions. Um, I'll start asking you, uh, Michael. Which pitcher is most likely to strike out 50-plus batters? Well, we talked about him earlier. I think Walter Borkovich definitely has a chance. You know, we, we, not we're, not really sure, we're not really sure how he's going to translate from the bullpen to the uh, starting rotation, but definitely Cam View is okay. definitely going to be the guy. As I said, he led, the, he led the team in strikeouts last year, and he had 71 last year. I think he can definitely hit 50. I think he can even go much, much higher than that. Oh, yeah. And he'll definitely eat some innings for you. It's, it's huge that he came back. Right. Um, who do you think is most likely to exceed 10 home runs this season? Uh, it's tough because, like I said, you lose all that power and really no one was close. But someone that stands out to me is Chad Ross Kelly, the catcher. Um, he had five last year, which isn't bad as a redshirt freshman at all. Um, and he's a big kid. He's a big, strong kid. He's got a sweet swing. He's six foot, 211. Um, he's coming off that all Big Ten freshman team. I think he, you know, he's a competitor. He's played those Big Ten game, those Big Ten tournament games. And I think. You know, he's got the swing and the power, I think, deep down. And I think, you know, he's out of that freshman, you know, that freshman uh, stigma, I guess. And I think he's going to go out there and bomb some. Right. And, you know, freshmen can always, you know, or catchers can always struggle behind the plate. So it's definitely exciting to see such a strong catcher there. Oh, yeah. Um, there for the team. Now I'm going to ask you, what is the key out of the bullpen this year? Well, I talked about him earlier. I think Joe Mock would be the 
new projected closer is definitely going to be the key. Um, he was the first arm out of the bullpen last year. He was actually named the team's MVP because um, he had a team best 1.78 ERA, which was actually the lowest team, the lowest average since 1974 from the Spartans. So that was definitely a big time season for him last year. He also led the team in wins with a six and two record. So I think it's going to be exciting to see him close out games because we've talked so much about pitching and he's definitely going to be able to end those games. He's going to be able to get the saves and really um, put a lid on the games this year. I agree. And it's, you know, I, I think I see multiple keys. I see all those young sophomores uh, being able to come in the game and uh, be those middle inning guys, but you know, after Cam or after Cam goes out and Borkovich goes out before Bachby. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Who do you think is most likely to hit over 300? Yeah, and once again, you lose all your guys last year that batted over 300, so you know this is another tough question. Uh, but I'm going to have to go with Chad Ross Kelly again. Uh, he transitioned so smoothly last year into that starting lineup, got some Big Ten tournament games under his belt. He did bat 276 last year and 196 at batch, but I think he can easily exceed that. Um, he's just a competitor out there, and he's going to be one of those key players. You know, Playing as a freshman, he's going to have to take a lead role when there's such lack of leadership. You know, the catcher's always... You know, the captain behind the diamond, he's calling all the shots. And I think he's also going to prove that with his bat, his bat this year. Um, and I'll ask you uh, one last question. Your freshman pitcher that you think can make a difference? Well, I think the biggest difference that we'll see is from Colin Gosling. He is a uh, right-handed or left-handed pitcher, I'm sorry, out of uh, Dearborn Divine Child. And he was a huge athlete there at his high school. And Jake Boss talked about this also, the coaches. Um, the team is really athletic this year. We lost the power, but there's a lot of at young athletic Scrappers. guys, and he's definitely going to be part of this. Gosling was, um, you know, a huge threat at the plate. He hit 290 with 15 yeah, RBIs. Pitches and, pitches and, he, and hits, yeah. Yeah, he was also strong at the behind the mound. Uh, went five and four with a 280 ERA. So he, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how uh, he fits in. Maybe not this year, but you know, eventually where he can uh, fit into rotation, and even if he can be a dual threat there. And I agree. Like last year. Um, he, you know, the, a lot of freshman pitchers pitch, and it might be the same case this year. Sorry, right? So, which freshman hitter do you think can make the biggest difference this year? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of freshmen that are going to get play time this year, just because of all the loss of starting positions. But one guy that stands out to me is Marty Bashina. Uh, he's a versatile guy and he has speed. He can play anywhere on the diamond. He stole 14 bags his senior year. Um, assistant coach Graham Sykes had a few things to say about him. Uh, he liked how he was smart on the base path. Base path. And um, I think that's something that could be utilized late in the game. So even if he's not always in the starting lineup, I think he could be coming in as a pinch runner. I mentioned he might be getting uh, some starts at third base this year. So I think he's going to come out and definitely have a role as a freshman and uh, hopefully adjust well to that. Now we're going to go into a preview for the first pitch invitational weekend in Greenville, South Carolina. A little warmer than uh, what we're experiencing here where they can play baseball right now. Um, so they have Presbyterian on Friday. What are you thinking out of that game? Well, it's going to be interesting. Presbyterian, they finished last year 27-28, and 6-18 and 18 in the Big South. So it was kind of a rough season for them, and they, they lost two of their hitters, their three hitters that hit over 330. So it's going to be interesting to see how their offense goes against this starting pitching. You know, we might see a, an exceptional outing out of Cam View. Yeah, and it's a team that they don't really, they didn't pitch well last year. They had a team ERA of 533. Um, so hopefully uh, that's a good a good start for our hitters, you know, guys that haven't seen a lot of college pitching yet. Hopefully a team like this that isn't known for pitching, uh, they can get a few cuts on and get used to that college level. How do you think that they will round out the weekend with Furman and then Fordham on Sunday? Yeah, Furman on Saturday. You know, not dissing these programs, but I think they're lower tier, and, I, you know, 
Furman's coming off a 25 and 33 record last year as well, so another negative a negative record for this team. And I think it'll be good confidence boosters for the Spartans. Um, that's probably going to be uh, Landon out of K State, and he's going to have to deal with the phenom hitter Jordan Simpson out of there. Now this dude mashes. He he does everything. He's like the Paul Goldschmidt, the Miguel Cabrera. I know those are hefty hefty comparisons to make to a college kid, but he hits 339, 14 home runs and 14 doubles. So he'll hit for power and for contact. Um, yeah, so I think for Furman, I think it's nothing to sleep on, but I think it could be a good confidence booster for the Spartans. And what are you seeing out of Fordham on Sunday to round out the weekend? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see there. They have another stud there. Matthew Cuddich just came back to the school um, and was named to the All-Atlantic 10 team. Uh, he batted 333 with 34 RBIs last year, and he can definitely give uh, Borkovich some some trouble there at, um, to round out the weekend. But it looks like the MSU baseball team will be able to get a strong start. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so. You know, a little warm weather is good for them, and I'm hoping, uh, you know, they're able to build that confidence. You have a lot of young players playing, and, you know, these pitchers are still going to have some matches, though. These are definitely not walks in the park, and they're going to see some really good hitters because uh, you know you'll see good hitters in the Big Ten play, so I think this will be a good start for them. Um, but that is all the time we have for warning track today. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Um, and be sure to tweet at Impact if you have any questions on the show. Put the hashtag warning track at WDBM Sports on Twitter, and uh, we'll try to answer those questions next time if you have any. Uh, for, for Michael Epps and Zach Barnes, this is Warning Track.